Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know, this is something that's really important. You know, we talk about our two ditches with Pharisee and Sadducee. The Pharisee wants to be right. The Sadducee just wants it to work. And it's not either or, it's both and are met in the cross. It is a work of faith, but it manifests in reality, right? And so if we, if the truth is true, then it begins to manifest through action in our lives and it manifests. And so, oh, Jesus. Um, Carol, can I tell your testimony real quick? Okay. So Carol, was it last week with a, a couple weeks ago when she heard Masha sharing the story about how, uh, she lost her, her salvation over $25 and a, and a turtle. You can look it up. Um, 25 is, is, um, uh, Carol felt led on her heart to give Masha the $25 back. I just felt led to do it, you know, just led. And so she did. And she, she, isn't it just like the kingdom? She paid a debt she didn't owe, right? She paid for something she had no business paying for. She, I mean, that was, I'm the one who broke the turtle, by the way. Um, <laughs> she, she, in the same way that Jesus paid a debt we didn't owe, right? But there is a violence when we partner with heaven to bring heaven to earth it's called grace. And what happened is she then got noticed because she had paid a, uh, a bill for a ambulance ride. Anybody know how much those cost? That, yeah, that she didn't, that apparently she wasn't supposed to. Well, guess what? She got the money all back. She paid a debt she didn't know, but it, but same deal. This is one of the things is when we believe, belief needs to manifest in action. That's why faith demands action. And so God, as we walk with God, it will lead us to acts of obedience. And so if it stays up here, it dies up here. Anybody here, you got a revelation and it never manifested in your life. And Right? If it's truly from God, he will lead you to walk it out. Again, not leaps off a cliff, but $25, right? It, like not a leap off a cliff, but he'll lead you. Oh, yeah. She's saying that the word she heard was that whatever's lost or stolen, I, God is returning sevenfold. Stein times seven. Come on. Jesus. Whoo. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, listen. Um, yeah. Come on. Ah. Uh. All right. Well, listen. We've been going through Colossians chapter three. So if you grab your Bibles. Um, really, really, really big deal is that when we read the scripture, we let the scripture speak to us rather than we speak to the scripture. Does that make sense? It's really important. Oftentimes, um, God can't give us a new idea if we've already got all the ideas covered. Do you know what I'm saying? It's actually in our questions that we meet him. And so it's very important as we read the scripture that we pay attention to the uncomfortable places, to the places where we don't understand. And I'll, I'll tell you an example of that for me is I really felt like the Lord was really talking to me this week about salvation. And you would think as a pastor, I'd know a little something about salvation. And he was like, but do you? I was like, you're starting to make me doubt. <laughs> 
It's uncomfortable not to have the answers. In fact, one of the things the world hates about Christians is they got all the answers. But, (laughs) But have so little fruit. If you have an answer, it should be bearing fruit. Just saying, put that out there. If you have an answer, but it's not bearing fruit, you have reason to question your answer, at least your understanding. And one of the things that we, Masha and I have been just passionate about is fruit that remains. Anybody notice some people pray a prayer and their lives are transformed. Other people pray a prayer and crickets. Anybody want fruit that remains? Anybody want a life transformed? That is what is promised in the gospel. And so I'm, for me, I'm going on a journey to dive into this, this into. And so if you want to be a part of that, I'm going to be doing this, uh, um, online, uh, probably on our personal page, going through um, studying this word, sozo, or salvation, and the 389 places it appears in Scripture, <laughs> or 397. No, I'm not going to read them all. I will read them all. I won't read them all to you. Um, but if you're interested in going on that journey, allowing God to speak a better word, because his salvation is greater than we could ask, think, or imagine. It's better. No matter if you have a right understanding, you don't have a complete one. Neither do I. And we are just, we are, we are after uh, his kingdom. So anyway, chapter three, I'm just going to read what we read last week real quick, because it's always important to read also in context. Anybody here had somebody use a verse out of context and, and you, and it sounded really brilliant, like, wow, that's so true. And then you read the context and you're like, it doesn't say that at all. Anybody? One of the classic ones I've said is, is the, the line is God cannot look on sin right? He can't look on unrighteousness. That sounds right, doesn't it? That if you sin, God can't look at you. I can't even look at you. And that might be your experience with your parents. But but if you look at the passage, it's actually Habakkuk saying, "How God, you can't look on unrighteousness and sin, and yet you do. How is that? You get it? Context is important. So whenever we're reading a passage, we really need to pay attention to context. So verse, so this is, these are the passages that become before, and we're going to do uh, chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. So only six verses today. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, right? We were talking about the truth, that what he says over a situation. Then set your mind on those things above, not on the things that are on earth. Why? Because you have died in Christ and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life or as Christ who is our life is revealed, then we are also revealed with him in glory. All right, now this is my favorite part because every, all of Paul's epistles start with a, a theoretical, theological side, Pharisees happy, and then it moves to a practical side, Sadducees happy. It means we start with the understanding of the truth and it shows up in practicality. Who are my practical people? You're like, don't tell me, don't, mm, mm, don't give me no theology. I don't need your theology, I need results. Data, data, come on, come on. And that's what I love is he's always says, okay, that's the gospel, this is the gospel. Now here's how it applies to y'all. Anybody got some places you need the gospel to be applied? Okay, good, all right. So he's saying, therefore, because of that stuff, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. 
Okay, anybody got questions? Give me a question. Passion is a good thing. That's a good question. Give me another one. We got, there's, there's, there's room for about 30 questions in here. Come on. Ask the neighbor your, your, your neighbor's question. It won't be yours. What are some other questions? All of these things amount to idolatry? Good question. Give me some others. You got all the answers? Maybe you need to be telling us. What if I have trouble with it? Ooh, that's good. Is there a place for anger? Oh, come on. What else? Does it? So, oh gosh, somehow we got the NIV up there. Did you hear the word I used? Consider. What does the word consider mean? That sounds like a, I'm sorry, that sounds like a very weak word, doesn't it? Like, it's like, it's like you're, you're like, um, your plane is going down, right? It's crashing. You've lost both the engines. Consider that the airplane's not going down. Doesn't it feel like that? Am I the only one? <laughs> My sad juices are like, yes. All right. So consider, oh gosh, how did I get you NIV? I am so sorry. Because NIV, this is literally one of the few passages in the Bible where you really, um, the, uh, the belief system of the translator can, can, can uh, do it. So, so stay with me. I'll just read it. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Consider. Now, I... That, like I said, consider seems like a weak word. So you know what I did? I actually looked at the word. What is the word? What is the word? The word consider is actually a financial term. My, my accountants are happy right now. Um, it is a financial term because it is what I, if you, if you get something, do you consider it? You consider it, you change columns in a, in a, in a, in a ledger. Like, do you move it to a debit? to a credit. Move something. You're like, I consider it a debit. I consider it a credit. Is there a difference if an amount of money in your account is a debit or a credit? (laughs) Yes. It's just one little line minus, right? One little line, just with another line over it. It's a plus, right? But it makes all the difference. And that's like, it's like, all I want, I want nothing out of life. Like lots of zeros added on to my, right? Consider means take on the understanding of a thing. So why, why are we saying, he's saying consider, understand, realize the members of your earthly body are dead to immorality. Why do they seem so alive? Impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. And I looked at those and that's why I, I didn't like, um, um, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. These things are idolatry. Why is idolatry? And that was a good question of Scott's. Why are these things considered idolatry? Idolatry is I serve a God or a thing to get my needs met. Anybody see what's going on? So listen, you in the same way that Jesus said the Sabbath was not made, was not, uh, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. You are not made for your sexuality. You are not made to be a slave of your sexuality. Your sexuality does not tell you who you are. Okay, let me ask you a question. 
Anybody here been driving down the road and felt a sudden impulse to whip the wheel into oncoming traffic? That is not who you are. And how do I know? Because you're still here. <laughs> do you understand this? We live in a culture that says your desires tell me who you are. Listen, not even all your desires are your desires. Sometimes it's just the devil wants to kill you. He hates you. He wants to kill you. He wants you to try to meet a God-given need in a way God never intended. Now listen. Mm. Keeping it between them. Sexuality is made as a means for us to understand God's love and intimacy. How intimate he wants to be with us. He made it so that we could be known and to know one another. You can always tell when a thing is not being used correctly for a couple ways. One, it doesn't do what it was intended to do. Anybody found that the more sex you have with the more number of people, the more separated you feel? The more alone you feel? Anybody found that if you use pornography, you, you feel connected for 30 seconds and afterwards feel utterly disconnected and unable to make connections? Because sin gives a taste of the thing you desire, but on the end, it gives you the exact opposite. Anybody here bought something on credit? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good example. It, wow, look, Aaron's Furniture. They're offering me, you know, 3,000 monthly payments of only $1,200. <laughs> now my, my couch costs $3 million. <laughs> right? My loan is outlasting my couch. That is sin. That's what sin does. And so greed is, is the desire where I am trying to make myself feel protected by grabbing onto things. And idolatry is simply saying, you will meet my need. And there is one who meets our needs. It is Jehovah Jireh. It is our provider. And if we meet our needs ourselves, we will always end up coming back to the well to draw water but I will give you water and you will never thirst again. He is our source. He's got, and that's what happened to Eve. Eve is by herself. And, and the enemy goes, want to be like God? Now, first of all, we already know who is she like? She's made in his image, right? So that's this first trick is the enemy always tries to sell you what you already have, but haven't unwrapped yet. Anybody know that even Jesus had to grow in grace and favor with God and man? Anybody here hope that you're a little maturer than you were last year, yeah. right? We are growing in the knowledge of him. We are as he is revealed, so are we revealed in glory. That's the thing. It's a process. Anybody here wanted to short circuit the process? And you short circuited the process, <laughs> right? I don't want to go through a process. Stick a, a, forget it. I'm out. No more process. Okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm off this bus. I just want to get there. I'm getting off the bus. Uh, we're in the middle of Nebraska in a snowstorm. You sure? Don't? Okay. You know, um, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know if I shared this, but I, we were wrestling with this whole thing about grace. 
Like I know I get to say yes to grace, but even my ability to say yes to grace is his grace in me. And my ability to recognize what to say yes to is his grace in me. I'm like, what part is me? And, and the image I got was this. Imagine somebody had paid for you, <clears throat> for an Uber for you, Uber, what is it, XL, the really nice one, Uber Black, whatever, and paid for you to get for a, an Uber all the way to Los Angeles. Yeah, you're like, whoo. So you, you, it arrives at your car, at your door. You have the choice to get in. If you don't get in, you're not getting into LA and you're definitely not getting the inside. You're not experiencing the, <laughs> the power of that car taking you and manifesting, actually taking you somewhere, right? Once I get into the car though, I'm not constantly choosing the car. Do you understand that? Once I get into the car, I'm not like, I choose to stay in the car. I choose to stay in the car. Now, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not, con so people are like, like, I'm in the car, and the car is moving. It is moving because I got in the car, because I chose to get in the car, but it is the car that is moving me, not me, the car. You can tell that, you know, the, the, the life of, of legalism, the life of self-effort is me trying to push a car. You're on the wrong side of the car. You should be on the inside, not the outside, right? And so as I'm sitting, I am powered by his power. But guess what? At every stoplight and every gas station and every rest area, I can choose to get out of the car. Anybody here been tootling along with Jesus and then decided, you know what? not feeling it. I want to experiment with a little of my own idolatry. Anybody done that today? Okay. That's right. And in that moment, suddenly I am no longer experiencing the car. I'm in that snowstorm in Nebraska. All by myself. And I'm, no, I'm alone. There's no one here. And driving right behind me like Herbie and the love bug is Jesus in the Uber. You want to get in? I'm alone. Um, I'm right here. Oh, nobody loves me. Uh, anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. All right. See, these things, I am, anytime I'm asking somebody or something to meet my needs, I've already lost it. Anybody here discovered that marriage can be idolatry? How does that work? You will meet my needs. Wow, that's romantic. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? God did not bring two people together so they can meet each other's needs. Anybody here, you got married because it was better than being alone and then you discovered it wasn't? Say <laughs> law. <laughs> I, I, I personally think this, I, it's, it's interesting. This is, this is kind of a risky territory, but I'll go there. Um, I'm just terrified. No, no, there, you can, you can get here. It's not guaranteed it's in the passage, but if you look at the way the Hebrew is in the first uh, chapter of Genesis, it looks like Hadam, Adam, man, is a neuter word. It has no gender. But then God says it's not good for him to be alone all self-contained, so he split Adam apart. Mm -hmm. 
It's interesting that the difference between male and female is one little piece of a chromosome that looks strangely like a rib. Anyway, but then he said, hmm, see, we're not meant to be self-contained. Anybody discovered that during COVID lockdown? You're like, I don't need anybody, just me and the internet. We'll be great. <sighs> anyway, and what happens, he took male and female apart and he goes, ha, ah, now you will desperately need each other. This will be awesome, except you actually can't come together unless I'm in the middle. You can't become one apart from me. You will need me to make that happen. And that's the reality is marriage is the most wonderful thing in the world unless it isn't. And if it isn't, you know what's missing. It's like anybody tried to drive a car without oil. <laughs> yeah. Why? The friction. Anybody found friction in your marriage? Add a little oil. Just saying. Just add a little bit of oil. Jesus. Jesus. Those parts are not supposed to rub against each other. Moving on. Hey, listen, I didn't intend to go there. You went there. That's on you. I did not go there. You did. Listen, do I need to read the first verse? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. You all can't be trusted with that verse. Moving on. Verse 6. For it is because of these things. What things? Which things? Nobody, nobody wants to answer. <laughs> those things, those things. They're like, I went to church and they talked about sex. All right. For, listen, by the way, man, I can't believe church has become a PGP place because have you read the word lately? Anyway, moving on. For it is because of these things, those things, the wrath of God. Ooh, finally, the wrath of Khan? No, the wrath of God ha will come upon the sons of obedience. Ladies, you get a walk. Of disobedience. Oh, see, I was just, I was testing you. All right, okay, okay. The sons of disobedience. We have the sons of obedience and the daughters. No. Hey. Anyway, moving on. All right, what's going on here? Now, anybody here, as soon as you hear the word wrath, you're tr 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 triggered. Anybody? Terrified. Anybody here? We're scared into the kingdom. Behold, God sits on his throne with a mighty lightning bolt ready to whack you. And the only way not to get whacked is throw Jesus in front of you as a human shield. No, that's Zeus, by the way, just in case you're wrong religion. You missed it entirely. That's, that's, that's Greek, right? God has never been your enemy except in your own mind. God has always been pursuing us, right? It is, it, we're the ones who walked out of the garden. And he's like, and I always had this idea that, oh my gosh, he left them all alone. And what do you see? Adam and Eve and, and Cain, Cain talking with God. God's following them everywhere. The real problem is there's nowhere they can go where he isn't. They're like, we're doing life on our own. It's like the little kid who's like, I'm running away. And you're like, you're like the parents driving behind in the car. Like, how's it going? Leave me alone. I'm all by myself. And, and here, so what happens is God is always pursuing. And Jesus, who is God, came down not to deliver us from God, but to deliver us from ourselves. 
God has never been your enemy. Anybody been your own enemy? <laughs> you woke up the next morning and were like, what did I do to myself? How do you an idiot? What is, so what is this? So I really, whenever you read a word or you read a passage and it doesn't jive with who you understand God to be, you got to dig. Don't take things at face value or reject them at face value. Dig, read. There's so many resources. I did a whole week this, this week on how to encounter God in the word and how to go deeper. If you're interested, those are on Facebook. So what is he doing? I looked up this word wrath and I tracked it through scripture. And this is the best way I can explain wrath. If I were to climb up on the top of, uh, what's that? What's the restaurant that rotates? The sundial. And I opened up a window and jumped out. What would happen to me when I hit the ground would be the wrath of gravity. Gravity hates me. No. No. See, the thing is, is God designed this whole world to function on cause and effect. Anybody glad that happened? Anybody been in, seen outer space, how they have to wash? Like if they, if they pour out water, the water just kind of floats around. They're like, oh, come back here. Come back here. You know, like to get wet. They're like, I mean, they can't. Why? Because there's no gravity. Cause and effect is the gravity of all of life. It means when you said, I will go to church this morning, you got to church. Isn't that good? Right? When you decide a thing, you do a thing, it happens. That's cause and effect. If you remove cause and effect, you and I have no value and no will. Right? Our will only shows up in cause and effect. And in fact, we are like God in the fact that we are creative, that we make choices and things happen as a result. God designed us that way. If God were to remove cause and effect, you and I would cease to exist instantaneously. The funny part about it, and you know, many of you know that I, I, I'm an armchair astrophysicist, but one of the fascinating things that drives physicists nuts is they cannot understand why time only flows one direction. Everything in the universe is supposed to be symmetrical, going in opposite directions, but time doesn't. Why? Because it's what's holding you and me together. It is very fact that time only flows forward is that. And so wrath is the automatic consequences of our choices. But there's a problem. Anybody know what the problem is? Anybody here paid by your choices for things that you haven't yet gotten? For instance, what happens if you speed according to the law? You get a ticket. Who here has speeded and not been caught. The rest are lying. Anyway, moving on. I have never sped in my life. Anybody here done something? You rolled the dice, baby, on stupidity and sin, and nothing happened. Anybody? Yeah. What? I chose death and destruction in my choices. And yet it didn't happen. Why? Because God's grace is keeping you and I alive. And Durham and I were joking is the, the best evidence for God is the fact that the life expectancy for men is only a couple of years less than women. No man should live past the age of 17. 
All the men are like, <laughs> and you men all know about five or six things that were fatal that you didn't die of as a young man. One of my buddies, uh, um, he, he's uh, from up Gainesville way. What they used to play a game, they would take a bow and an arrow, and they'd all stand together, and they would shoot it straight up in the air and then run. They are all still alive, and they played this game many times. Any young men played with fireworks. Like, I'm just saying, is there is, you don't need to look any further for the grace of God in the fact that we are all still alive. This is thing. He has prevented us. But there all the time people are like, oh my gosh, the Lord is judging me. You know what? When God allows our choices to manifest in consequences, that's his last ditch effort to get our attention. Buddy, buddy. Anybody here, you ran past stop sign after stop sign after consequence after consequence, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger consequence till you hit a wall and then you're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, I just can't. Jesus is like, that's what it took? <laughs> it, it is his kindness that brings us to repentance. But he is desperate to keep us alive. And sometimes that means letting us have the consequences for the very things we chose in limited amounts. He, say, he, says, he said the wrath of God is, comes upon the sons and daughters. It's all inclusive. Don't worry, ladies, you're not left out. I want, I want equality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can join in. We'll get some wrath for you too. The sons of, and daughters of obedience, like of the Revolutionary War. And then anyway, sons and daughters of disobedience. And in them, you also once walked. Once walked. Why only once? You used to, right? But you met Jesus. Anybody here met Jesus and things changed. Desires changed fundamentally. Okay. When you were living in them, walking in them, right? But now you also put them all aside. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we put them aside. But anybody, anybody found, um, experimented, like you got delivered from sin, but you were curious if you still were able to sin <laughs> and you did the scientific experiment. Everybody's like, you can't still sin. Why? Because you're a free will individual. Stupidity is, is open to all. He says, so put them aside with them, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Isn't that weird? Why? Because they've dialed back from overtly broken behaviors and idolatry. And now they just have the the lesser ones. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is why Jesus said, he said, you're proud. You haven't killed anybody. But I say, if you've called a man a fool, you've killed him in your heart. You know, somebody, somebody said uh, a while back, they were like, why, why did you guys preach on sin more? Cause I want to hear about sin. I don't hear enough about sin in my own life. Say <laughs> like, anyway, what happened is, is Masa and I were talking about it. We realized those lies we put up there, that's exactly what Jesus was saying. The standard is not bad behavior. He wants to go straight to the root, to our hearts. He's, listen, if your heart is pure, everything out of it's going to be pure. But if your heart ain't pure, whoo, it doesn't even matter. Anybody, anybody did the exact right thing with the worst of intentions? All right, I'm going to forgive you. 
right? Outwardly, but inwardly, no, right? Or, or whatever is out. He said, he said, I'm really excited that you're no longer walking in those things, but God's not satisfied. There's more, there's more to this gospel. God doesn't just want to deliver you from those things, but he wants to deliver you from your heart. That's why Paul says, be angry and sin not. Anger is a, is a indicator on the dashboard of life. It is not your reality. It's an indicator. What does anger indicate? Some of you are experts. Frustration. Okay. What else? What does anger indicate? Fear. Mad. It's rooted in fear. Anger is, I am afraid that I'm powerless. Afraid that something bad. Ooh. 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 <laughs> you got the power. Okay. All right. All right. Here's the deal. <laughs> And so anger, these things, when things pop up in your heart and they're not what Jesus paid for, they're indicators that something else is going on and it's an opportunity to meet Jesus. But anybody put a little miracle grow on your anger? <laughs> I'm just going to nurture it. <laughs> I love my little anger. Now, what kind of things does anger, when you just feed it, develop into? Everybody's like, rage, violence, bitterness, slander, separation, depression, regret. Wow. Listen, when things pop, yeah, people are like, I'm an expert. I've studied hard for this exam. We appreciate all of you who've done field research on our behalf. Um, when things pop up in our hearts that are not of God, it's not to condemn us, but to reveal an opportunity to meet Jesus. We don't shove them down. I, I've said this a thousand times. You guys can look it up. I've actually played the clip, the penguins on Madagascar. <laughs> Flying the airplane. Skipper, there's a red flashing light. Manual, please. <laughs> Breaks the light. No more problem. <laughs> Skipper, we've just lost engine one. And engine two is no longer on fire. I regret to, I have good news and bad news. The good news is we'll be landing shortly. The bad news is it will be a crash landing, right? <laughs> when we fail to notice the indicators, they actually end up in developing into, ch into chapter, uh, verse five. See, those first, uh, first five are full grown versions of these. just receiving a word. No. <laughs> How do you get your words from the Lord? <laughs> he hand writes them. <laughs> I get the post delivered. Anyway, moving on. All right. For in them you once walked, but now you also put those aside from, and do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. I did. <laughs> I laid it aside. Isn't that just an easy thing? Lay I mean, any of you like, you know, laid aside the covers this morning and it was such effort? See, the, here's the deal is the Christian walk is not our effort, but his. When it's ours, it's us pushing the car. 
laid aside with its evil practices. And you have put on the new self who is being renewed into a true knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Here's where we end. Well, I read that and I was like, put on the new self. How do I put on a new self? Anybody? Is that a good question? Practicality. So I don't know, I don't know how to put on a new self. Anybody? Like, so I dug into the word. Guess what that word means? It means to sink into. Like Yaksana's word. And you were prophetic. Ah. Sink into. Sink into. Listen, how much effort does it take to sink into something? Let go. Let God. Let go. Sink into the new self. Give up what God, what you say about yourself. Give up what the world says about you. Give up what the enemy says, says about you and sink into what he says about you. So when anger comes up in my heart, that's not who I am. That's an indicator. God, what do you want to, what, what part of the, the gospel do you want to reveal in my heart now? Where, what, what part of me is not, what's going on around me and what's going on inside of me that's not the way you intended it? And what do you want to do? Okay. Because what God wants to do, he empowers us to do. Put on the new self who's being renewed, being renewed, present continuous tense right there. Present continuous. What is it? So like we said, Eve was Jesus grew in grace and favor of God and man. Eve was like God, but becoming more like him every day. You have put on, resunk into the new, your new self. You get to explore that new self each day, discovering new aspects of that new self in him. That's the renewing of the mind. It's a replacement of the old thought with the new thought. Now, the great thing is God doesn't do it all at once. Anybody glad that you wouldn't survive? You wouldn't survive. But God replaces those areas one by one at his speed. This is why uh, uh, the other ditch of this, anybody here got saved and you were given a long list of to-dos and not to-dos? Anybody told like, well, now that you're saved, we need three hours of devotions every day, whatever, right? And it took what was joy and turned it into a work. Anybody here had somebody try to interheal you against your will? Do you know what I'm talking about? They're, they're, like people are trying to fix you because they're not good with, with God's speed in your life. God knows what, how to untangle your knotted web of whatever. And so as we sink into who he says, he will begin to focus. He will go, let's deal with that. Let's deal with that. Let's get rid of that. And a lot of times those are revealed by the, the indicators on our dashboard of life. The anger, the frustration or whatever. Oh, that's not... Something's not right. Okay. So God, what is it? What is this? What are you addressing right now? What are you delivering from? Because see, I can't deliver myself from sin. Anybody figured that out already? Well, you're here. So yeah, it's impossible, but he will deliver, change my heart and deliver me because that's not who I am. I am fundamentally a new person. I am who he says I am, not who I have believed myself to be. If you could have the worship team come up. If, if Listen, if you are overwhelmed by the evidences of who you are not, I want to encourage you. We'll allow Cassandra to be seen. 
And behold, Cassandra. <laughs> if you're overwhelmed by the evidences, verse 5, if you're overwhelmed by behaviors, if you're overwhelmed by brokenness, I want you to lay that at the feet of Jesus. The enemy is an accuser. Lay those down and say, God, I don't even know where to start, but you do. I choose to allow you to speak over me who you say I am. I choose to hear your better word. And these are just indicators that I've forgotten, that I haven't heard you. I need to hear you anew and afresh. Jesus, show me, show me who you say I am. Speak a better word. If we could stand. Father, we love you. We worship you. We adore you. Let's worship.